Comedy LOL Podcast Network. We're going to start today again with a quote from founding father, American patriot, Patrick Henry. Mm -hmm. And this was from a speech that he did in front of the Continental Congress when he was trying to talk everybody into joining the revolution. Here we go. The war is actually begun. The next scale that sweeps from the north will bring our ears to the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it that gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know what <laughs> I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. I mean, there's so much going on in that quote, on top of the fact that my dog was barking a whole bunch. <laughs> yeah, Giz was so getting fired up. Giz is like, let's start this revolution right now. And she was like, I'm no puppet to the man. Um, and I almost feel like kind of that's what Patrick Henry was trying to, to do, is get people obviously fired up and want to choose sides. Um, and it makes it seem like if you don't want to be free, then you should just die. I mean, literally, give me liberty or give me death. But I, I, I don't even mean, like, in terms of fighting. I mean, like, if you don't even think that you should be free, like, what's the point of living? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I talked about this, <clears throat> just so everybody knows, this is our, we recorded this full episode, and then Ashley's audio, we couldn't recover it, didn't come through. So we had to record again. That's what we're doing. So I put out an episode of my podcast, The Brandon Bonanza, where I talked to Ashley and I just put up some clips from what I said. So I read the, I mean, I put up a clip of the quote that I just read and then my exact response. And it was something like, um, if you look at this inwardly and you take this for a change. So instead of a revolution, because every revolution is a change. So if you're going to look at this inside yourself, and if there's part of you that feels like you want to go through a change and you want to change something about yourself, maybe it's a habit, maybe it's just um, something you're doing that isn't healthy or something you don't like or something new that you want to do, part of you wants to do it. And so this is that part of you speaking to the rest of your body saying, listen, we're already at war here. What the hell are you doing? Just sitting there on the couch watching TV or whatever, like get your ass in gear and let's do this. And to just uh, piggyback off of that, even if you want to talk about like jobs and things like that, you know, the line is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. It's like one of those. So if you're not happy, but you're still going on living, like what's the point? How do you kind of get out of that? So the chains and slavery, I can even kind of put to like anything that's going to make you unhappy, but you feel like you need to do it. Any of those obligations you feel like you have to do. You have to have this job. You need to do this. You need to do that. And it's like, why? If you're not happy, move on. Yeah. And, and to add to that, why are you there? What's holding you there? Is it 
there's only two forces at work esoterically they believe in the world which is fear and love and technically fear is just uh it's not even the opposite power it's just the absence of love really if you look at it but so are, is there fear that's holding you there are you afraid and that's why you're staying there and if that's the case that's going to affect you totally different it's going to affect your whole life so i think that ultimately everything is just a fear of death and I love that because we're talking about that today. So I guess we can just get right into it. Uh, but before we do, let's just explain a little bit what we do with this podcast. So this podcast, if you're new to it, thank you for listening. If you are a longtime listener, we appreciate you. We love you guys. Um, but what we do is every week we break down two different cards from the tarot, one card from the minor arcana and one card that corresponds from the major arcana. And today we're going to be talking about the Queen of Cups and also the Major Arcana Death Card. And we've already discussed the Death Card. It was one of our first episodes, but I really like kind of based on our own personal growth and experiences the last like couple months, I think that our perspectives, I know mine has definitely shifted a lot. Um, and so I kind of love seeing how I've evolved as a person based on two months ago or whatever that was, three months ago to now. Yeah, it's another great way to show that these are these cards are just tools they're mirrors you can we've said this a million times you can look at it one month later look at it again and then this is how you can judge how you change as a person the way you view the card all right so let's jump in here I normally do the card description. Um, if you really want to see what the cards look like, you can always Google them. The one that we're going to be looking at right now is the Rider Waite Queen of Cups. Um, or you can check out our Instagram at Terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, and the number two. Brandon always puts up images of the cards so you can see exactly what we're talking about. Uh, okay, so the Queen of Cups. I've got this light blue background. I have this stone throne um, over to the right-hand side, but in the forefront. And the female figure is sitting on it. Um, the throne has kind of this arched back and these three little um, childlike figures, two at the top, one down at the bottom. She's sitting on the throne. She's got this white tunic on and she's got this cape that's white and blue. She's got a crown on her head. She's holding in both hands. It's supposed to be a cup, but it looks more like um like a trophy or something like that um, or an urn. And then at her feet, she's got these pebbles. Her feet are kind of at the shore of, of this water source. There is kind of rippling in the water and movement visible in the water, but it looks very calm. And in the background, it looks kind of like a, like a cliff, but a cliff off of like a plateau or something like that. You've got the, um, it looks like a sandy type of mountainous feature. And then at the top, it's all green. So you'd have like grass or something like that. Um, and there's our description for the card. Again, you can always Google it if you want to see what that looks like. Okay, let's go in here. Initial thoughts. Um, initial thoughts. I'm always drawn to the way that she is just staring at the object in her hand, we'll say, which um, we were saying how it's crazy because I already am somebody who like, repeats myself <laughs> I don't realize it but now that and now I'm conscious of it but now that we've already done this episode I'm like did I say that in that one or was it but anyway so uh so yeah this we were talking about how it looks like a an urn mm -hmm. something you would put ashes in and then I was talking about how the angels on the outside really remind me of the Ark of the Covenant when you see them like in the movie um Raiders of the Lost Ark with 
Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. If, or if you see like any of the ancient alien stuff, sometimes they'll show you like the Ark. Or just uh, search it on the internet. And that's what I'm immediately drawn to because she's staring at it. So I'm looking at it like, what does this object represent? And then why is she so, like, why is she staring at it so intently? Exactly. Um, you know, my initial thoughts here about the cup is it there is no top there. So to say that it's an urn, I mean, that's what it looks like. It's very ornate as opposed to like that kind of generic vase that you see as an urn. Um, my eyes don't go directly to that. Uh, when I first look at this, I would kind of, I gravitate more towards looking at the throne for whatever reason that grabs my eye. And I think it's because of like the combination of the white, gray and black contrast in the back so i'm looking more at that and and looking then at the little childlike figures and if i'm looking at this card i'm like i i've i mean i've talked in in several episodes about how the suit of cups is related to the water signs which would be pisces scorpio cancer brandon and i are both cancers i identify so much as a cancer and this is the first actual like in the rider weight deck female card that we've gotten to look at in terms of the minor uh, suit cards. Um, And so I look at this and aesthetically, I think she looks similar to me. The suit of cups has like, I was going to describe them, light hair, light eyes, light skin. And she just looks so powerful and all knowing. So my initial thought is like, can I be her? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can, Ashley. That's the good news. (laughs) You can be her. I always like to remind people that these cards do represent people. The court cards can represent people in a reading, or if you're doing a reading for yourself, it could represent people in your life, or it could represent you yourself and things that you have to work on or change. Yeah, and I think who wouldn't want to be somebody like this or you know, possibly know somebody like this, but I'm, I'm digressing here. So we've talked about initial thoughts, what we initially think. Now let's kind of get into the different parts of this card and look at it. So let's talk first about the throne that she's sitting on. Um, so oh, what are your thoughts? You're looking at it. What do you think? It looks like a very strong foundation for her to be resting on. So we always talk about how thrones and these royal figures, when they're sitting on them, it represents their comfortability with power. In this throne, she's very supported. It has a very strong, tall back. And you could see there's a cushion there, so it looks pretty comfortable. And then if you look, it's kind of concave on the where her back is. So it's like she could put her head up in there and she'll be protected from both sides. So it's something that it's similar to when we talk about the Cancerian thing with the crab having the hard, the hard outer shell. And you see the shell right at the top, and I think you pointed that out in the episode that we lost. Mm-hmm. So this really represents that... Um, that shell and that foundation you know, for her also. I love that you're saying it's like a shell because at the top of the throne, that's what I think it looks like. Those ridges make it almost look like a clamshell or something. And it mm-hmm. now, now I'm, I'm seeing when you said the concave part of the back, it almost could look like the birth of Venus where you have those cherubs that are holding the like, uh, like loincloth for the birth of Venus mm-hmm. where it's like covering her and she's coming out of that clamshell. I, honestly, and she looks very similar to the queen of cups with the blonde hair and the light skin. Um, And, you know, so maybe that's also part of what they were doing here. Um, I just came up with that and I love it because I love that painting. 
Uh, so if I'm looking at the throne. Yeah, that's. Oh, I just want to add really quick. That's great because a lot of that stuff with the Venus and the goddess worship goes back to Isis mm -hmm. in Egypt and maybe even older. So I think that's another shout out in this card to a little bit of the Egyptian theme, but you really got to know what you're looking for. Oh, absolutely. So if it's like a real deep cut. <laughs> I'm looking at the throne and besides thinking that I think of a, a shell, which again would tie it into the water signs. If I'm looking at those little um, like angel like figures, the ones at the top look like little mermaids. <laughs> literally like baby mermaids. Um, so they have, yeah. you know, it's almost like a fish-like bottom, but then this this childlike top. And the one at the the bottom of the throne is holding a fish. I don't really see if they have that, like, tail. Um, but again, just tying that back into the water signs. And for me, we've talked about how I, I always say that I think water is a reflection of emotions and intuition and feelings. And the fact that these these figures are there, kind of showcasing the different parts of water, you know, the fish and the little tails and the scales and stuff like that. And it just shows that she kind of is in complete control because it looks like they're all looking to her for um, guidance. Yeah, or for protection. It looks like they could be kind of getting behind her like something's about to happen or maybe they are a little worried about what's in that urn. So they're also kind of cowering behind her for protection from that. So that could represent, you know, if we talk about what that urn could represent something emotionally, maybe these are parts of yourself that are afraid to face these emotions. So you have to get your best self forward. You have to be this ISIS figure and get your emotions in control. And then you don't have to worry. And, you know, I think that when we look a lot of times at um, thrones, if they're made out of stone, they're a lot of times very angular and sharp and they seem very hard. But because of it being cups and it's a female figure, it looks very rounded and soft, um, almost like it's comfortable as opposed to being uncomfortable if I think about sitting on a stone chair for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And then we also see the two pillars on each side or towers that represent the Boaz and Joaquin. We talked about the before in the um, the High Priestess card and then many other cards after that, where one is that feminine energy and one represents that masculine energy. In the center door, we, like I talked about the triptych before with the three doors, there's a one on the right, one on the left, and it's always the center door. It's like a signal. And it's, it, it's actually to help people remember that you got to be on the middle path. So I think it's a great shout out to the high priestess, especially because all the water that we see in both of those cards. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on from the throne and let's talk about what she's wearing. So her tunic and her cape. Okay, so I love that the tunic is white. It just gives that sense of purity. Um, and almost for me, this sense, not necessarily of purity of like a naivete or like inexperience, but a purity of like, I am totally cleansed. I have nothing that I'm holding in. So where we saw last week with the um, King of Cups card, where it was the opposite. He had the blue underneath, and we talked about how it was similar to a crab where you had this harder exterior, and then you had the soft inside. She's the opposite. She's literally like wearing her emotions, on, I mean, not on her sleeve, but on her back with the cape. That's where you see the blue. And that allows her to have that purity and that cleansed inner self because she's not holding on to anything. Um, and then I love that the cape, it looks like to me, is being held together with a shell. Again, just going, tying back into the water aspect of it and the emotion aspect of it. I love that the cape is blue and white. It's not totally blue. It kind of, again, shows that, like, there isn't an overwhelming, cl like, 
clothing of of emotion here, she does have that control over it. Yeah, I like that. And I, I, I guess the only thing I could really add would be that she's fully clothed. Basically, you could see one foot in two of her hands, you know, and then her head. So that's something to look at, too. It's like it's what you said, but it's that mastery because she's just wearing it all over fully clothed all the way in it. And I love the rippling and like the the draping of the tunic on her body because it looks very similar to the movement in the water. So again, it's like she's at one with the water and the emotions and the feelings, but it's not overtaking her. Yeah, and a little as above, so below there Mm -hmm. for you. I like that. All right, so let's move on and look at uh, the ground and the water. All right, well... I immediately go right to these stones, mm-hmm. and we talked about them in the last podcast that we lost a couple of days ago. But since then, I've kind of realized that they also remind me of little eggs. So before what I talked about in last week, um, or we put up on the last episode, actually a little clip of it, was how these rocks, they start off as rough, and they start off maybe as more like a square or block or whatever, just chunks. And then after a while being in the water or the tides, this also can represent the tide coming in and going out, coming in, going out. And then after time, it works down these rocks and it rounds them out. Like I was talking about how I go hiking a lot in in rivers. You see these round rocks all the time with the fast moving water just wears them right down. So to me, that represents the emotions in letting them guide you and letting them shape and mold you and especially the way you can move in and out it's kind of that cycle of time everything's a cycle Mm -hmm. I love that it looks like the rest of the shore could be sandy but where she is is rocky Um, and again it's like there's doesn't look like any level of discomfort on her face and it's like for me it's overcoming of those obstacles again so it's like there's this Literally, she's standing on this like pile of rocks where the rest of the shore, from what we can see, the little bit over to the right at the bottom looks not nearly as rocky. But she's sitting there and she looks totally at peace. And I think maybe it's part of that realizing that there's an uncomfortability with being in control of your emotions sometimes or having emotions and having feelings and being a deeply feeling person. But she's okay with it. She's like, I just know it's part of part of the gig, you know. And if you also think about rocks compared to sand, rocks are a lot more stable. So it represents more of a stable foundation. Like when the water comes in and out, the rocks will stay there and the sand will be washed away. So she's standing on the rocks. It's more of a stable base for her emotions. Ooh, I love that. All right, let's look at the water. What are your thoughts on the water? I like how it's not totally still but it's not crazy it's just moving along nice and ripple like you said it reflects her clothes so it's very peaceful but there is movement in there so i to me it's it's representing that you shouldn't with your emotions you just have to have a nice even keel you want a little bit of movement and you want to control that but you don't want it to go too crazy if you can but you know sometimes it happens that's why you see this wall in the background so she has this wall to protect herself from other storms that come in because it's going to happen but i love how they show the pool like she doesn't protect herself from the water totally so she's not behind a wall and then there's land there she's behind a wall and she has her little pool so she knows that if she gets angry or if anything gets affected that she can control it and deal with it you know not suppress it let it out 
vent, you know, let it let it be. So I love that she has her own little pool, and that's what that represents to me. You know, now looking at it while you were just talking, I think for me looking at it, I'm reflective. I think it's reflective of the way that she's dressed. If I look at she has on this little island, and it's light-colored in terms of the sand, that could be like the tunic, her inside self, and then she's surrounded by, it looks like, all of this blue. And it could be like then, again, that wearing that emotions on the outside, but not letting it overtake her. And maybe that's why the water doesn't look very aggressive or choppy. It's just very smooth, but still moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, she can go through all of these emotions and have these feelings and be able to appropriately t- uh, express them. Yeah, but not let anybody else affect her. It, like, going back to the Four Agreements book that we talked about, and one of them was never take anything personally. Mm-hmm. And I love that because... It's she has that wall, so she's not totally walled off from everybody. You could see that you can go around this wall. They they left a gap there, but she's shielded from the storms of other people. You know, she has to control herself. She doesn't have to worry about other people. And if somebody did actually want to get to her, right, they'd have to go through that water. They'd have to go through those emotions and feelings. Yeah. Um, also very hard to not take things personally. Just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I am, I'm not saying it's easy. It's a practice, but. Um. All right, let's talk about the cup. So for me, looking at this cup, it's we only have one other cup card to talk about after this, and then our summer of cups is done. This is the first time we've seen a cup like this. All of the other cups have been depicted very similarly. It kind of looks like a chalice. This is the only one so far that we've seen that is so totally different. Um, and I love that it's on the queen card. It For me, it gave it a sense of being very special and being different. So what were your initial thoughts when you saw that cup and, you know, relate that back to it being with the queen? Yeah, so I'm looking at it and, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm seeing that there's no opening here. So uh, normally when I'm having a cup, right, you want to fill it with liquid and or you want to fill it with something. There it doesn't look like there's even an opportunity to put any kind of anything material into this cup because it has a top on it now we don't know if the top can come off or not I'm going to assume it can um but it also looks like it has these two little protectors on the sides these two little like potentially like guardian angels and again I'm just going to go back to let's say it's filled with that water that emotion those feelings but it's totally protected there's no chance of it overflowing or spilling out or um you know, coming down the side or anything like that. It just still shows that total control of like having it contained. And for me, then saying that it's a female card, that female essence, I think a lot of times people have this misconceived notion about women and emotions and like they're so emotional and they kind of let things out and and it's always has to do with hormones and and the fact that she has this cup that is so contained and she does have for me total control over those feelings and thoughts and emotions it it just is a great reflection of that is literally just an excuse people are putting onto women in particular to have to give an explanation that they don't want to deal with the things that these women are bringing up yeah, for sure. I think that um, if you are somebody who's more in touch with your emotions and you were dealing with somebody who's not, uh, that's exactly what can happen. Because I know I've said that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been I've been that guy that's been like, "Yo, bitch!" No, I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, 
we just try to be funny here, guys, on the Terrible <laughs> Podcast. No, I was like, eh, you know, I've said stuff that was similar to that, I guess. Or, but also, you got to remember everyone's differently, or everyone's different. So, some people express their emotions or view things differently. So they might say that to people, but you know, but then they also have to know that people who to them seem more emotional, that's how they express themselves. And if we could figure that out, we can get along much better as a human race. <laughs> it would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> right. And and so like on the flip side, if I'm looking at this, that that urn or the we're calling it an urn, but it's actually supposed to be a cup, right? That cup cup could be totally empty, right? depending on the person, they could have this total protective outer covering shell and inside they should, could be totally lacking emotion because they're not in tune with it. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on how it comes up in the reading. And I guess, um, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about as far as symbols in here? No, I'm good. I guess the, the crown, maybe we oh, talked yes. about that a little bit. We did. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking at the crown and for me, it looks very reflective of the scales on the like mermaid tails of the two, uh, like kid figures up at the top or like just, you know, fish scales in general, again, going back to that tie into the water, to the creatures in the water. And again, the con- complete control over that. I love how it's a, um, it looks like it could be a cube with three circles on it so it represents that cube which is uh, basically represents knowledge and especially with the three so you have the three to the four ratio so that's it's um kind of a shout out to what they call circling the square which is something that can never really be done because the way that circles and squares work it's always it's like pie it just keeps going on and on forever so you can't actually get it inside there so it what that represents esoterically is when you're working on yourself the work is never done so you're always working at it always working at it and it's not in a way like a master slave dynamic it's just in a way that you know that um you know no one's perfect mm-hmm. and we're going to try harder today <laughs> so and you know it's basically I, in that flavor I do also want to just draw attention to the fact that I, we did talk about the fact that the crown is so big and um I've done a lot of research I mean because I really obviously love shiny things jewels gems all that kind of stuff <laughs> and historically Cuz you're a girl I, exactly with hormones <laughs> And, and all those emotions, exactly. Jesus. <laughs> um, but if I'm looking at it historically, you know, in um, monarchies and things like that, the princess would have a daintier kind of more feminine, um, easily broken crown. And the queen or empress or, um, you know, female figure that was ruling would have a sturdier kind of more robust crown like this. So the fact that it is so big is just reflective again for me that this is like a secure woman. It's not like someone who's just coming into their own and understanding their feelings. It's like she has got complete control over them. Exactly. And that's why I like how it represents that work, that unfinished work that she's going to keep doing on herself. And she's staring directly at this urn or chalice, which is, to me represents her well-guarded emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, you know, so for me, this is like a, uh, uh, it's a circle within a circle within a circle. You just keep, it's like, they just keep going. So you have the wall exterior that you see in the foreground or in the background. And then that's protecting her. And then she's protected by this throne. And then she's further protected with her emotions inside that cup. So 
Um, I like that. All right, let's move on to if this card came up in a general reading, what would you say? Uh, in a general reading, I would, because you reminded me of this and I totally forgot that these cards, court cards, represent people. Mm -hmm. This is in our last episode, guys. Sorry, all these inside jokes. <laughs> um, so this could represent somebody in the querent's life that is a solid figure with their somebody who's solid with their emotions and somebody who really is comfortable with them or can also be a signal that maybe you have to be more like this maybe you have to get your emotions under control to achieve what you want to achieve you're you know maybe you're running around trying to cure these symptoms but there's an underlying illness that's causing them all that you're just letting linger I love that. Um, I also said it would be represent uh, representing a intuitive or sensitive person in their life, either themselves or somebody else that they're looking to to kind of help guide them in this like emotional journey, if you will. Um, but if it also came up in a in a general reading, I would also look to at or you know look at the rest of the spread and say, is this somebody who's kind of closed off or someone who plays too much into their emotions. We've always talked about balance and, you know, just because you have emotions and feelings doesn't mean that you have to talk about emotions and feelings all the time. Okay. So let's move on that. If, if this came up in a love reading, what would you say? You go, what would you say? Okay. Well, I always go first. With Hello, love reading. Okay. So I'd say that, um, this is a person, and hopefully, you know, it's the person that you're doing the reading for. Um, it's reflective of people just really loving this person and kind of gravitating towards this person and wanting to be around this person because they are they show great support and um, help and offer advice that's appropriate um, to everyone around them. And it just kind of draws people in like a moth to a flame. I also said that if you're in a relationship, it's a really great relationship where people are, both sides are open with what their thoughts and feelings are. There is nothing that's closed off or unspoken. I like that. Um, I would say in a love reading, if this came up, or just say a relationship reading, this could signal maybe it's time to have some children because see the way she's so focused on her own emotion. Mm -hmm. And then there's that child there and he's like raising his hand. He's like, Hey, what about me? You know, we got to procreate and forward the human race down here. So, uh, yeah, I think that's one way you could interpret it depending on the situation. Um, I could for sure see that or being like a mother figure to someone else. Um, you know, an animal yeah. or a yeah. mentor Everyone's or something different. like that. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's talk about a career reading. If this came up in like a career reading or a work-related uh, reading, what would you say? I would say this could signal that maybe you should. So if someone, I would say if someone comes to me and they're unsure about what they want to do, I would say maybe this, you know, are you somebody who likes to care for people? Do you like to help people with their emotions? Um, do you... Are you good with psychology? You know, what What are all these? What do you like to do if you do like to help people? And if that's the case, I would just keep going further because this card could represent that. It could even represent something like a, a card reader, something like we do for people. We try to help people. We really try to help people help themselves, which I think is the best way to do it. I, mm -hmm. I The way, I mean, in my, all my years of reading 
different books, listening to different podcasts and all kinds of stuff. A lot of spirituality, a lot of self-help stuff, religious stuff. It seems to me that the what I've taken out of it, and I think the best lesson that I would like to share with people is that it's your own journey. It's your own path. Yeah, it's good to to uh, have help along the way, but I think you got to find your own way. And that's what this card could signal because she is there by herself, focused on her emotions safely and doing her own thing. So maybe that's what that could signal. Um, I totally agree with you. I said this could be growing and evolving in the workplace. So kind of coming into a new task or a new aspect of your job um, or expanding your role and responsibilities. But then I also, you know, always try to tie it into specific careers. And I also agree with you that it had to do with psychology or dealing with people's emotions and feelings like a life coach or um, a you know, any kind of like mentor, honestly, even maybe like a counselor, but also a healer or a psychic or something like that. Yeah, I love it. All right. I think we're ready to move on to the death card. All right. We are ready. I'm done with the Queen of Cups. Before we move on to the death card, I just want to, I want to give another disclosure. We've given this disclosure before, but um, so when it comes to these cards and religion, a lot of people this is one of these cards, the death card, that people are either scared of or they have a lot of misconceptions about. And I just want to say from the start that I'm not anti, um, I'm not like, I, I'm not an, I don't say I'm an atheist. I don't say I don't believe in God or any of these things. I, I'm just not in agreement with organized religion. So in my experiences that I've had in my own life, I find the same thing. Individuality is the way to do it. So I do like a lot of things that were written down in the Bible, a lot of things that Jesus, whoever he was, if he existed, quote unquote, said. I just don't like what other people have done with that information to use it to control people. So that's all I'm talking about. So when we talk about these cards, especially the tarot, and I've talked about before why I believe they're demonized, and it's because if you think of a church or a government or any system of control... They want everybody to conform to what they have to do. And these divination arts, such as tarot, anything about like astrology and stuff, they're more to help the individual. So they're more to help you find your own way in the world, which I don't believe is a bad thing. But some people, if they want to control you, might. So that's kind of my <laughs> my little view on that. So that's why I just like to say that so people... Um, no, and I know we've said it before, but I don't care. I like to beat a dead horse with this one because I, some of the podcasts I listen to, people do like to repeat themselves on certain points, and I think it's good because it just like makes it really stick to people. So, mm -hmm. yeah. and I think it's right, really anyway. important before, like, as we're going into the death card. You know, I've talked about. Well, I'll get into that with initial thoughts. Let me let me just give the description here first. Okay, so the description of the death card. You've got this gray background. You have. Um, in the forefront, you have a white horse, and there is a black armored figure sitting on the horse holding a black flag with what looks like a white maybe flower or symbol on it. Um, at the foot of the horse, you see a figure that's kind of lying down. It, uh, it looks like some kind of royal figure because there's a crown off their head. Over to the bottom right, you have two other figures on their knees. One of them is a child. The other one looks like a young girl. At the front of the horse, kind of holding their hands out to it, is uh, a religious figure. kind of looks like a pope with the hat on. And then in the background, you see some water. You see a ship. You see in the back 
the middle part of the card, but in the background, you see these two pillars, and then you see a, a sun in between them. Again, if you want to see what the card looks like, you can always Google it, the death card for the Rider Waite Tarot. Um, all right. Initial thoughts. All right. So initially, I'm going to say that when I first started dealing with the tarot, and which was you know only at the beginning of this year, so uh, like around January, February, March, really, I guess 2019. Um, I, this was a card that I just I didn't like. I was not that I was afraid of it, but I just thought it meant something bad. And even throughout my life, if I'd seen it, I'd be like, "That's ah, it's bad." But now I could tell you that I love this card, and you know why I love this card because it has nothing to do with physical death as we've said a million times, but I'm going to say it again. But what this represents to me now more is truth, right? So if you think about the way truth cannot be hidden or suppressed and when it's when it comes out, no matter what it is. So well, let's say let's say you're uh, you're drinking too much, right? Or you don't think you're drinking too much, but you're having way too many cocktails a night and it's just interfering with your life. People are, you know, you're starting to ruin stuff at work, all this stuff. So the fact that you're doing it is, and it's harmful, that's a truth. Whether you want to face it or not, it doesn't matter. But when you do face it and you come to that realization, you have a death. So when that truth arrives, you can either see how these, this one, you know, these people are looking to the left or right and trying to kind of um, to deny that it's there and people are accepting it, but that other guy died. So that's how you can react to the truth. You can either accept it, you can deny it, but it's there and that's the same thing with this death it's just this force that once it gets there in your life it represents that change and no matter what you do you can't you can't stop it it's like uh you know to make it really simple it's like um what's the steinbeck novel Grapes um, no with george and lenny <laughs> of mice and men oh okay right when he kills the rabbit and he tries to bring it, it's like, no, the rabbit's dead. You can't bring it back to life. He kills that poor lady. You can't bring her back to life, man. It's done. It's dead. That's, you know, it's the truth. You can't deny it. And for me looking at this again, I'm going to agree with you that the first time I saw this, I was, I, I mean, probably a teenager. And again, if it came up in a reading, it would be like, oh, no, like, oh ugh, I don't want this in, the, in my reading because yeah. people often associate it. Yeah. With a physical death and, I think that there's this misconception that this is going to predict the future like in a way that specific things are going to happen because these cards got pulled or something like that. And I don't think that they're more concept cards as opposed to specific event cards or anything like that for me. Um, now looking at it, my initial thought is it's the ending of something. So, you know, the only time really that um, you would say like, oh, this would be the a death of somebody – would be like, obviously it's an ending of that person's life, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the end of a situation. I'm talking about the end of a specific job or a relationship or a feeling or a, a phase in your life, um, anything like that. And in order to grow and evolve and change, like you have to have endings so that you can have beginnings. Yeah. And for me, this card really represented what I did, what happened to me in my life. And I talked about that in the episode that we released of my podcast, I call it, we called it the terrible bonanza. So go back and listen. But I, we talked about like uh, psilocybin mushrooms and how that can represent a death in your life. And for me, it was, uh, I struggled with sex addiction. And so once I 
realized it. It was it was like a death, and then I I just had a, a total death in the way I viewed everything. And once I came to that realization, I had a whole perspective shift. It was a paradigm shift, a whole different way of viewing the world. And and that was the uh, death of that phase of your life, that person who yeah, you were. Totally. And I walked out of it like the phoenix. I rose from the ashes, and it's yes. just like the like the um, alchemical thing we talk about all the time where you got to go through the burning and it burns out all the impurities Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i think i feel like i'm still kind of in that phase you know it's it's like the underworld and that's why i like how the egyptians represented the underworld because that's what it more that's what it was like and that's what this death can be he could be showing you the way to the underworld which is where you have to go through and burn off all those impurities it's like they call it the dark night of the soul in buddhism and then you emerge from the other side a better person out of the cocoon and you're a butterfly. The lotus flower comes out of the water. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that moment. The sun is risen again. All right. Let's look at the different parts of this card. Let's start off with the actual figure on the horse. In the black armor. Okay. All right. Um, I love how he's in armor because, like I said, it represents that truth. Whatever it is, it's you can't deny it. You can't. He's, he's surplanted. And like I, I've... Um, he doesn't even have any weapons. He is the weapon. He is that truth. He's just a messenger, right? He's not a, a soldier or a warrior. He's like, hey guys, I'm this is I'm just here telling you. And then you see that boat in the background that corresponds with him. And I, I feel that's the emotional tide. It's coming in. You know, it's like you're starting to accept it. Going along the tide. I love that, you know, we've been talking about cups and we've been talking about these water signs and the fact that he's wearing this armor. Um, normally when we think of the Grim Reaper or death, the death figure, it's wearing they're wearing a cloak and it's a little bit softer. But the fact that he's protected by this armor, for me, it's just showing that like there still is that like, you know, you do need to have a hardened exterior to be able to go through a lot of these changes because otherwise, you know, it would be very difficult. You would get really beaten up and inside you can see he is just a skeleton you take away that armor would he be able to be sitting on that horse i'm gonna say probably not no probably not um okay let's look at the other <laughs> figures in the card here no no no, let, no let's look at the horse we're gonna go to the figure then we're gonna go to the horse what are your thoughts on the horse all right i love it's that it's a pale white horse because you know behold a pale white horse if you've ever read ridden if you've ever Red. There we go. I'm going to speak correct today. <laughs> I'm going to speak right today, everybody. Uh, if you've ever read Revelations, it's a chapter in the Bible. I highly recommend it. Very crazy. They talk about but not at death. all. I don't do not at all interpret that as like legitimate, realistic. Take it seriously, word for word. It is all symbols. It is all not to be taken literally. Okay, so I'm going to go further and say. You know, it, this is a free world, man, and that's what I believe in. So you could take it any way you want, but I do agree with you, Ashley, and I, I believe that it's crazy how people think that we live in this modern age, and this is the most modern we've ever been, but yet we take mythology, or not mythology, but we take, I'm sorry, religious text so seriously as if it was like literal, right? But we're like, but we're so far advanced. People are going to look back on us and our generation or whatever, our, our civilization be like, well, those, those people were so superstitious, you know? Right. Uh, and even, and that's the thing too, because 
once you see through that though, but then the other side is you just throw it all away and then you're just nihilistic and you're like, bro, nothing matters, bro. And that's like the other trap that you can get caught in. So it's funny because I, I think <laughs> the truth, like, like, you know, just like we talked about in the triptych with the three doors in the, or the two windows in the, or the two pillars in the center way, it's, it's always in the middle. It's not that it's literal and it's not that it's just bullshit. It's, we got to pay attention to it. And, and it's the middle way. There's there's some, you know, knowledge in there that we can... There's a reason why it was passed down so much. You know, it, it could exactly. be used, yes, as an article of control. But in Revelation, there's so much in there. And yeah, like if you take it that way, and if you look at it as this... Because death, and in, in this falls right into the white horse. Death rides the white horse in, and that's in Revelation. And Revelation is about that change in your life that, you, that you're going to go through. It's, you know, if you look at it internally, you, and these are all stories and allegories that you can use internally, externally, however you want to use them. And if you use this one revelation and the death internally, it's exactly what we said on to the next phase, like Jay-Z on to the next, on, on to the next, even though he likes to steal lyrics. Um, I, I'm looking at the, yeah, white, you know what I'm saying? I'm looking at the white horse and I'm like, I love the balance between the white horse and then the black armor and the black flag and the flag has the white and the black. And it's like a balance of when we think of black, I think a lot of times we think of like the ending of something, especially like, you know, you were black to a funeral. It's the absence of color. Right. And then white light is um, the combination of all wavelengths of color. And so I think that there's such a balance of like a purity of the next step once something ends. So it's like you have that black aspect of like there is that absence of something, the ending of something, and then there is that purity of starting new and starting fresh. Yeah, I love that. And the last thing I'd say is that purity also could be represented in the horse as like this force is a pure force. He's riding on pure forces in. So you know, it's a righteous force that's happening. It's something that's meant to be. All right, let's look at the figures now, the four figures that are near the horse, the one on the ground we'll start off with, the one that's laying like prostate on the ground. Um, it's it's uh, It looks like a king because you have the crown that came off. Um, what are your thoughts there? This represents to me the old way, the old rule the old way of doing things like I talked before with uh, addictions I struggled with it's that old way of thinking and then I had it died and I had that perspective shift I had that whole paradigm shift mm -hmm. um I'm gonna say that it's for me more about like the aspect of it doesn't matter kind of status so like having all of these material things or thinking that any like that is going to save you from any change that's going to happen in your life. You know, if we're going to go down this rabbit hole, I live in Los Angeles. Obviously, I see a lot of people that have undergone various types of plastic surgeries. And it's like, it doesn't matter. You're still aging. At the end of the day, yeah. we're all still decaying. <laughs> it is what it is. And, and sadly, you still hate yourself on the inside. And that's, you know what we're trying to fix with this whole podcast. We're trying to change the world. And I love how you said that because it could represent, you know, people living materialistically. They think they, if they get to the top of the game, if they get that Mercedes, if they get that house on the beach, whatever it is to them that they want, but then they're still not happy. And then that death comes and boom, that crown. Oh, the way you looked at it before it's dead. Mm -hmm. It's that ego death really. It's, and now we have a new ego, you know, the ego isn't bad. It's, but it's just a tool. You can't let it run your whole life. 
so let's look at the figures in the bottom right, the two little figures of the, or the child figure, and then it looks like the, the young girl that are kneeling down. What did you think about them? So if I'm looking at the other figures, they both have white hair, and I'm kind of looking at it as the people who are best adapted to this idea of change and growing and, and becoming something new or different are kids because they're constantly going through changes. And, you know, people always talk about how kids can adapt to change, but they do like a schedule, but they're so resilient. And I look, I'm looking at these two figures and it looks like they're, they're kneeling down kind of, I'm not gonna say like worshiping, but showing respect, like to this idea of ending and new beginnings and things like that, where the other two adult figures, you see one of them is like dead. And then the other one to me looks like it's pleading, like, please, please, let's not have this happen. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of times adults can find that it's very difficult to do big, huge life changes and adapt to those because they're so stuck in their ways. Yeah. And to take it a little further, I think that can also represent the different energies. So it could be telling you that it's easier to deal with change with that feminine energy, that the feminine energy is a little softer. It's a, you know, it's, it's going to be more apt to change whereas the masculine might just run up against it well and to go back to what i was saying about the queen of cups like if i think about me being a woman or women in general we go through changes all the time right changes that men don't have to deal with on the daily so perhaps that's also why women maybe are more more suited to being open to change great point all right let's look at the water in the background what were your thoughts there well, I like how there's two different kind of sets of water. You have the one on the top where the water's flowing through the pillars to that sun, which could represent the setting sun or it could represent the rising sun because, like we said, uh, it could represent the new dawn. Things are here to change. So I like how it's the water, it's coming out, it's flowing out from there. Mm-hmm. Or even if it's flowing in, but it's going in the middle in between those two towers. So just like we talked about before, it's that middle way. And then the water at the bottom, it's, I think it expresses the way that you can use your emotions to change and you can kind of go with the flow of the water. And I know I talked about this on the episode that got lost, but how if you look at this whole card, there is a breeze coming in. Death is coming in, but then if you look at the the flag and if you look at the sails on the ship and the little flags on the ship, they're all blowing toward death so it's like the winds of change are coming in so this whole card just represents everywhere you look at it there's just change I think it also is important to just to talk about then that movement of like you're right death or change and endings of things is always coming but right around there there's a new beginning for something else so just because you can't see where the water goes doesn't mean that it stops yeah and then also all the water is water that's flowing, but then there's that little stagnant pool right there in the bottom, right next to the king. Mm-hmm. So that could represent that king not being, not you know, letting his emotions flow freely. He's trying to keep them separated, like a reverse island. You know, he's trying to be his own pond out there, and he and that's just didn't work. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important to understand that there is feelings associated with the endings of things. And so like you should feel something when something ends and something new is beginning. Uh, and that doesn't mean that it's wrong and that you need to like stay in that place. Like that's just part of 
the process of grieving. You know, the last step is always going to be acceptance and then you're open to more and newer, better, bigger things or different things. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about in this card? Before no, we I think go we're on? Good. Okay. Let's talk about if it comes up in a general reading, what would you say? I would say that there's part of you that realizes, you know, that this change needs to happen unless they already are contemplating a change. And that's what I would get into. And if they're, they are, then I would say, listen, you already know it's time. Who do you want to be in this scenario? You know, you want to be that king that just died because mm -hmm. he couldn't let his emotions flow? Or do you want to be that, you want to look at it through the eyes of the children and see that this doesn't mean it has to be a bad thing. Everything in life goes in cycles. I totally agree. So I said for a general reading, it's the ending of a situation, the beginning of a new one, but it's also dealing with what scares you and kind of being okay to confront something that maybe you you have been kind of avoiding because you don't want to have to deal with that change. I think that there's a lot of work that goes into change a lot of times, and then there's a fear of being able to do that work. Can I get through it? Can I do that? Um, and that can lead to people being scared and then staying stagnant and not setting themselves up to try out new things. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's talk about a love reading. I'll go first. I'll say that this card came up in a love reading. It would be um, if you were in a couple or if you were with somebody, it would be having lost your identity in that relationship or you've lost your investment in that relationship. And so it's either, you know, time to have a conversation about like how do we get back to the place that we were or is this just the end of this relationship the end of and and relationships some of them just do end you know um it, it just is what it is not every relationship is supposed to be you know for a lifetime and so um I said it's being able to look at it the situation and say am I ready to move on fresh from what this situation is. And I said, if you're single, it would possibly then be the, the death or the end of your singledom. Yeah, I like that. Um, I could say if that, if you're somebody who is single and looking for a relationship or maybe just you're not, you don't know what you want. Maybe that's, this represents that you need to go through that change and have that death. There's something in your life that you, like I said before, you're just trying to fix symptoms when there's an underlying major illness or underlying problem. Like I said, I don't like to say illness or problem. That's that's probably those are definitely the wrong words. There's just something that you're doing. There's a behavior that you're engaging in that mm -hmm. isn't in alignment with your true self. That's all. And there's nothing bad about that. Sometimes, you know, we always talk about making mistakes. So you have to make a lot of mistakes and sometimes you have to make them over and over and over again before it smacks you in the face. And then you realize, because then you know that you're done with that. You don't want to go down that door anymore. It's a part of your life. That's just done. You're sick of it. And then you have this death and then you can move mm -hmm. on. All right. Um, let's talk and about then also, if, I wanted oh. to add to what you were saying about the end of a relationship. If you're in a relationship you got to, and you're not sure where it's headed. You have to ask yourself, why am I in this relationship? Am I in this relationship to work with this person to make us better? Or am I just here because I think this is what I need to do? And I don't feel comfortable if I'm not with somebody or I want to make myself feel better or, you know, these are the questions I think sometimes, and this is the truth that really hurts. But when people aren't okay with themselves on the inside, 
they often look for other people to fill that void. And those people, if they're doing the same thing, it's just not going to work in the long run. Unless, like I said, that's the these are the cycles you have to go through sometimes. Mm-hmm. But when one person's done with the cycle, I think you have to be okay with that. So, yes, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you don't really have a say, you know. Uh, all right, let's look at if this came up in a career reading. What would you say? I would say that you should become a mortician. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> I would say that this could represent that you need to make a change. There's part of you that knows that it's time to change what you're doing for whatever reason. Maybe whatever you're doing isn't making you feel good at night and you can't sleep because you're maybe you're screwing people over. I don't know. Maybe you're uh, selling something or maybe you're at, working at a bomb factory. I don't know. Whatever it is. And this could signal that, or maybe it's you're working for someone else and you say, Hey, listen, I could do this on my own. It's time. It's time for me to end this working for somebody else. Kill this king, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Not literally. We don't advocate murder. Uh, but it's time to be your own king. Move on and do your yep. own thing. Love it. I said this would be changing of the career. Uh, so a totally sh- a total shift from what you are doing, similar to what you said ending of a job at a specific place and um or a new job or a new job title so maybe staying in the same place but kind of transitioning to a different department or a new title with new responsibilities and things like that and if I was going to say this was a specific type of job I would say it's a job in either the military or the police yeah yeah I could see that (laughs) all right or a messenger (laughs) do we have anything else we want to talk about with the death card um I the only thing I would like to say is the flower, the flag on the um mm-hmm. looks like could be a flower. I recently was pointed out to me that the fool was also holding a white flower and he's like holding it daintily and he's, you know, off there being a fool and not really knowing what he has, but this so it could be like the truth. So the fool could represent when you first come across truth and then you have to come to this whole journey and then you finally when you have truth and it's on your side and then you could go in there and use that truth to make the changes that need to be made and i just want to go off of that and to say that the the numbering of the major arcana cards in this deck particularly do showcase an entire journey so you start with the fool and then you have to go through all these other phases and growth and um you know changes and potentially little deaths, right? And then maybe at this card, then you do have more of kind of a better perspective. And I'm glad you said that because I believe that that's the most important use of the tarot deck is so you can use it along your journey of self-knowledge. You can get to know yourself and you can use it as a tool in your life because how are you supposed to give anyone else a reading or how are you supposed to help anyone in their life if you don't have your shit together? Mm -hmm. So... I think it's very important to go along that path and then you can help others. And I always try to encourage people to get their own deck when I do a reading. You know, I'm like, why don't you do this and I could show you about it and then you can listen to my podcast. No, um, But I think it's it's helpful in your life. That's what, that's the whole reason I'm doing sure. this. So. All right. Yeah. So we're going to move on here. The next part of the podcast, we look at two different interpretations of the same cards we've already talked about. So it's a different deck but we're going to still be looking at the Queen of Cups and the Death card. So Brandon does the description for these, and then we just kind of give initial thoughts on on what that uh, image looks like. 
All right, so this deck that we use is the one that was made by Alistair Crowley. It's called the Thoth deck, T-H-O-T-H. It's a shout out to Hermes Thoth, who was the messenger god and all that stuff. But anyway, so we're looking at the Queen of Cups in the Thoth deck, and I see in the center of the card there's a figure, looks like a feminine figure, who is really hard to see. You kind of have to really concentrate on the card. She's hidden in the background. It looks like there could be, there's a circle coming down, which could be like the moon. Um, and then the bottom half of the card is all water, which is a reflection of the top half of the card. And it starts off clearer than the original picture. So you can get a really clear view in that water. And then it looks like she's holding some type of shell, or I think last week you pointed out looks like a fish. In mm -hmm. her left hand, she's cradling it. And then in her right hand, she's holding a flower, like a lotus flower, upright. And under that, there's a some kind of waterfowl, like a, a heron or a stork or something, with one foot up. And then in that water, there's a couple lily pads and uh, a lotus, I guess, lotus flower sticking up out of it. And then there's just a bunch of different shapes and patterns. I highly suggest going to our... Instagram and checking it out. It's a very intense card. Yeah. Um, looking at this card, I, I just love, I, I love the color choice for uh, the court cards in this deck. They're all very cool colors. It makes me feel very relaxed. It ties definitely into that water theme. It's like blues and greens. Um, I love that in the card that we looked at last week, the male figure was holding the flower that Lotus down. And this week she's holding it up. She looks very much in like in control, definitely is very powerful. And I love that it seems like she's almost becoming one with the moon. So the moon for cancers is our planet in terms of like our ruling planet. And obviously I know that because I'm a cancer, but also because of the cyclical nature of the moon, it also really ties into the aspect of feminine energy because there's a cycle of the moon and there's, you know, a woman's cycle and it's normally the same amount of time uh, well, at one point it was. And so it kind of looks like she's, you know, becoming one with that. Yeah, I love that. And you really see the shout out to the goddess here, whether it be Isis or uh, what do we say, Venus? Mm -hmm. um, it's it's really, that's what it's representing. And I love how you said that about the moon, because if you think about the chakras or the head chakra, her head is basically right in the middle of the moon. So it's like an extension of her head. It could even be a big halo. Yeah, and I love the the reflection of her in the water. And again, you have a little bit of movement there, it looks like, in the water, but it's still very calm. So for me, it's still showcasing that control over those emotions. Yeah, I love it. And I like how in the water it's clearer mm -hmm. than the actual than the actual card top itself. So I, I love how that can represent how sometimes you can see your own problems more clearly in other people. So if you ever have a problem with another person or there's something about another person that's bothering you, instead of like talking shit about them, pause for a second. It could be, you know, it's like, wait a minute, this is a signal. What's going on here? And if you look at it that way, you could say, all right, what don't I like about this person? Why is it bothering me? Do I do this? Do I display this type of behavior in another way? Or does it remind me of something I'm doing that I don't like or I'm not proud of? Oh, wait, that's what it is. So because I hate a part of myself, I hate it in this other person. Instead of 
admitting to myself that I hate it in me. So now I face that truth. Here comes the death card we just talked about. Now we got to change it. I think that um, you're absolutely right. And I think Obviously, no. <laughs> I, mean, I think that on the flip side, not only is it easier sometimes to see the problems in other people, but it's also easier to see the good in other people that you can't see in yourself. And sometimes you have to look at what you're saying about other people and see, like, is this a reflection of maybe what I could also see in myself? We're always our own harshest critic. Wow, that's great. Um, I do also want to point out that I think that by the, her stance and the fact that she, again, looks like she's like kind of melting into this environment. For me, it just looks like she has total control over the physical world, which would be like all of the thing, the bird and the flower and whatever she's holding that to me looks like a fish. Um, and like the emotional world of like the water and the feelings. Yeah. And then even the spiritual world, too, because the way her head is with the moon and stuff and those waves. Mm hmm. So she's just in control in all aspects. All right. Or I would say in balance, maybe not in control is probably the, the wrong word, but yeah, in, in balance. But that could be okay. a control. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to say like control as in you don't want to have too much. You want it. It's a really mm -hmm. light touch. Absolutely. That's all. all right. Is there anything else we want to say about this card? No, I think we're good. All right. Let's move on then to the death card. This is an intense one, I think. This is very intense. So, like I've said, we've talked about this card before, and I believe I have described it before. But when you're looking at it, it's a skeleton right in the middle of it, and he's holding a sickle or a scythe. He's holding it kind of upside down in his hands. He has a giant crown on, really on his head, like pulled down, like he's trying to hide his eyes with it. Um, he's... There's several what looks like to be either webs or strings coming from him that attach to a center point in the card where it looks like there's different circles or maybe eggs or bubbles coming out of them. And then off to the left in the top left-hand corner looks like what there looks like an eagle or what seems to be an eagle attached to those as well. And then at the bottom of this web where it looks like these circles or eggs are being broken, there's spirits coming out of them. And it looks like there's similar spirits in each of these, like spirits or kind of whatever entities in these different circles or eggs. And behind the skeleton, you see a fish holding a snake's tail. And then at the bottom of the card there, it looks like a scorpion holding um, flowers. And I think that's about it. Like I said, go to our Instagram and check it out. It's very intense. All right. What were your initial thoughts here? Initially, it looks just like dancing with death. You know, he's he's in motion, and that's what they're really, to me, they're really trying to illustrate in this card, how it's moving. So he's on the bottom of this cycle freeing. Well, it looks like he's freeing these souls. So to them, they, it's their whole world. It's all they know. You could see, like, even the one... One of them looks like he's uh, one of the spirits inside his eggs, like has his hand up and is holding one. So it's like really precious to them, whatever's in there. But then once they're free, they're like, oh, wow, we're out here in the light. So it that's kind of what I'm getting when I look at it right at first. What about you? I'm looking at the card and I um, also would say that it shows like there's not an escape at all from death. So like even the things that seem furthest away, they're still connected. Like you can't escape yeah. it. You can't get away from it. Yeah. You're going right toward him. You're already on course, and you don't even know it, or you should mm -hmm. know it, you know? 
I love that the figure the figure looks like in move like it's there's movement there it's in motion it looks like he's going at the bottom end of swinging that um and and I love that because in the other card we didn't even see any it didn't even look like movement it was just like a static figure and again for me the movement is representational of the fact that it's just cycles you know kind of what goes up must come down type of thing there is endings yeah. to everything mm-hmm and I love how there's that eagle on the top left-hand corner because that's the top symbol in this whole card. So it's showing that, you know, death is a powerful force, but it's not the only force. It, mm-hmm. You know, it's just part of the natural order of things or whatever. You know, that eagle, maybe the eagle represents like God or whatever the creator you want to think of is. So you're in that net. It's great. There's a lot of balance here. If you look at the fish with the serpent, that's really a balance between the fish represents the water creatures and the serpents, the land, the earth. So mm-hmm. you have that. And then you have like the flowers and then you have the eagle that could be air. I just think it's a kind of every aspect of the the natural world is tied into mm-hmm. endings. If you want to call that death. Yeah. And I think you said something about his hands being backwards last time, right? What were you saying about that? Yes, I did. I said that the the stance with the hands is very unnatural. Um, It's not something that, like, that's not how I would ever hold something like that. That looks like, I mean, I don't even think I would be able to turn my arms that way. Um, (laughs) But but it gives that kind of, this is outside of the natural world in terms of, like, it just has to happen. Yeah. I like it. All right. Do we have any other thoughts on this? No, I think that's it. All right. Um, So we've talked today about the Queen of Cups and the Death card. Next time we'll be talking about the Knight of Cups. It's going to be the end of our cup series. It's the last of our court cards and the cups. It's the last of the cup cards at all, actually, that we haven't talked about. And we'll be talking about the Temperance card. Yeah. Temperance. Which is great for me because I'm pretty much a blossoming alcoholic, so... All right. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sure she is. <laughs> You're drinking at eight in the morning. Just kidding, everybody. She's not drinking. It's five All right, o'clock everybody. somewhere. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Terrible Podcast. Make sure you check us out on ComedyLOL.com and check out our episode next week. And until then. Stay terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Comedy LOL Podcast Network.